Should the Baltimore Ravens sign Will Fuller? We talk about that and more next year on Locked on Ravens. You are Locked on Ravens, your daily Baltimore Ravens podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back to another episode of Locked on Ravens, your daily Baltimore Ravens podcast. I'm your host, Kevin Allstriker of Ravens Wire. Of course, we're here on the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you for making Locked on Ravens your first listen of the day. We're free and available on all platforms, including on YouTube. And today's episode of Locked on Ravens is brought to you by Bet Bet BetOnline, as you covered this season with more props, odds, and lies than ever before, Bet Online, where the game starts. And we're back here Another week of Ravens talk. We're into the second session of OTAs, the first session being last week, the second session here this week, the final session obviously being the week after this. And already so many headlines surrounding the Ravens, particularly with Lamar Jackson, him not being at the first session. The second session starts tomorrow. Obviously today is Memorial Day, so happy Memorial Day out there to everybody. And we're just going to be talking in the first part of this show about Lamar Jackson as we put out an episode on Friday with Kadri Ismael and a great show between the two of us. But we didn't get the chance to talk about Lamar Jackson's, I guess, clap back at the media because that came out on Friday. We recorded the Friday show on Thursday night. So we put out our opinions, but we couldn't really talk about Lamar Jackson and what he said in response to the media. Well, I mean, mainly Chris Sims, Bobby Trossett, friend of the show, but a clip of Chris Sims, Lamar Jackson responding to that. We'll talk about that here in this first part. In the second part of the show, we'll talk about Will Fuller. If the Ravens should sign him, we've gone this route with Jarvis Landry and with Julio Jones. And I'm not going to do every single free agent wide receiver, right? I'm not going to go, should the Ravens sign to Sean Jackson or something like that and put that in a segment? No, but maybe, Maybe I'll do one more after this one, like Odell Beckham Jr. and kind of dive into that potentially next Monday or something. But for now, we're going to talk about Will Fuller in the second segment. And if the Ravens should maybe kick the tires on him or whatnot. And then in the final segment, I got thinking and I want to talk a bit about the preseason. And we'll talk about this as the offseason goes on. But I want to talk about just maybe how much these guys will or should be playing in the preseason. Talk about some of the things the Ravens could do differently compared to previous years and et cetera in that regard. So a ton to talk about here today. If you're here with us at video form, be sure to subscribe to this channel, like the video. Well, let's start doing some light goals, maybe just experiment with that. And I guess what we'll, I'll do is I'll set like a, a base light goal. And then once we hit that, I'll, I'll make another one. So let's go 75 likes on this video. We'll start off with 75 likes. Also be sure to subscribe again. I greatly appreciate everybody who has already subscribed to this channel. If you're thinking about it, if you want Daily Ravens content, we have that for you five days a week, Monday through Friday. So if you want Daily Ravens coverage, so news, opinions, analysis, we have it for you. So be sure to hit that subscribe button. I highly recommend you do so. I know I might be a bit biased, but it's okay. Don't worry about it. Also, in audio form, thank you to all of our listeners there. If you're here to listen, audio form, so Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you're listening, whenever you're listening, thank you so much for tuning in. Also, be sure to follow me on Twitter at ChaosRecord34 and the Lock and Ravens account at LockedOnRavens. Let's talk about the Ravens now, right? Let's, let's dive in, talk about Lamar Jackson. And obviously the headline of the OTA sessions for last week was the fact that Lamar Jackson didn't show up. And I mean, look, it, it's it's a big deal to some, not a big deal to others. There are multiple trains of thought, my train of thought. And for those who listened last week, you know my train of thought here, but I'll repeat it just for anybody else who might not know. Is look, 
it, would it be great if Lamar Jackson was there? Absolutely. But this is voluntary. These are voluntary OTAs. So I'm not really putting a ton of stock into this. If it's training camp, like Marlon Humphrey said, then it's a different conversation. But again, he's going to do him. And because they are voluntary, I respect his decision and every other veteran's decision. And the fact that he's not there yet, yeah, sure, you'd like him there. But at the same time, again, I get it. He doesn't have to be there. Nobody has to be there. So it is voluntary. And that just is what it is. And some of that train of thought is other people saying, well, look, he has to be there. He's a horrible leader. He, he is immature by not showing up and all those things. I, first of all, disagree with. But you have Chris Sims going on and kind of talking a bit about how, oh, well, Brady wouldn't be missing OTAs in the fourth year of his career. And, and Brady didn't miss an OTA until he played in four Super Bowls and all that type of stuff. And Bobby Trossett posted that clip again in front of the show. And Lamar Jackson responded saying, quote, Lamar wants to be Lamar. Chris, this part of OTAs is voluntary. My guy, I will be there, just not on your watch. It's probably it's probably other QBs not attending voluntary OTAs either. But since it's Lamar, it's a huge deal. Find something else to talk about with a not so happy emoji at the end and quote. So again, Lamar Jackson, another instance of clapping back at the media and honestly good for him. I mean, honestly good for him. This is a player that is, has taken a lot, even dating back to his college days at Louisville when, you know, at Louisville, he was, he, he was getting scrutinized, you know, can't throw the football. Isn't going to be able to make the transition to quarterback at the NFL level. You know, the combine teams are asking him to play at wide receiver. It's, it's, it's just thing after thing after thing after thing. And again, other quarterbacks are at OTAs. Some quarterbacks aren't at OTAs, right? Lamar Jackson's one who isn't. But I, I give him, you know, credit for kind of sticking up for himself here. And I mean, look, part of this is the Lamar Jackson effect, and you, you can kind of define the Lamar Jackson effect as multiple things in multiple instances where you look at the on-field Lamar Jackson effect, that's awesome. But some of the off-field Lamar Jackson effect is because of the doubts that some people have about his play style and the things that he showed towards the end of 2021 that weren't necessarily what he did in 2019 in that MVP season and the expectations that Lamar Jackson has after that MVP season People expect him to do everything, you know, just the way that they want him to pretty much. And in reality, that's not the thing. And this this is so like, I don't personally think, let's say Lamar Jackson does show up Tuesdays when the next session starts. So let's say he shows up tomorrow. I don't think three missed OTA sessions to me are going to be the reason the Ravens win or lose the Super Bowl. I don't think all these OTA sessions are the reason the Ravens will win or lose the Super Bowl. As long as he's there for training camp, I think everything everything will be okay. But again, if it does hit training camp, that's something that might be a bit, bit more of an issue. I'm not going to lie about that for sure. But again, this is a situation that I think people are already very tired of. And I mean, this has been what, like three straight days on this show that I've talked about it, dating back to, to Thursday's show, then Friday's show, and then obviously here today on Monday's show. It's a topic that gets a lot of attention because I think people are blowing it into this huge thing where, oh, is this about the contract? Is, is Lamar Jackson unhappy in Baltimore? And it kind of goes to those types of narratives every time, right? Every time Lamar Jackson, you know, talks about something that, you know, maybe there's a, people find this little, this little hidden meaning in it. It's all, well, is, is this the contract? Is this this? Is this that? And so for Lamar Jackson not showing up to OTAs, look, reps are important. I think every rep you can get is very important. And, and I've said that consistently over the past couple of days here, but OTAs, they're not this 
end of the world, the, the sky is falling situation, where again, I think a lot of people's mindsets here are, yeah, sure, they would love Lamar Jackson to be in Baltimore working out with his teammates. You have a couple of new pieces on the offensive line. You have new wide receivers. Well, I mean, not technically new, but Marquise Brown no longer there. Rashad Bateman, you'd like to see him establish that chemistry a bit more, though those guys have been working out during the offseason. But look, Lamar Jackson, at, at the end of this tweet, he actually – threads in another tweet here and tags his quarterback coach and says, my training coach with a couple of rocket ship emojis, a fire emoji. He's been working out this entire off season. He's done this for multiple off seasons. Now, now this is the first time he's actually missed OTAs, but he's, he's a hard worker. He's a leader. This is not a player who has just been lounging around all off season. And so there is an added benefit, I think, to being in the building, to being around your teammates and, and being around your coaches, just getting back into the swing of things there. And who knows? He could show up tomorrow, and then everybody's like, oh, awesome, great, Lamar Jackson's there. Like, awesome, for sure. But, again, if if he doesn't show up for the second session, he doesn't show up for the third session, it's going to be repeating narratives. It's going to be things that were talked about last week are going to be seeping into this week and then seeping into next week. And it's going to be all the conversations again about – is it the contract? And it's, it's just, it's this endless cycle, right? Where again, me, you know, then I talk about it and then everybody else talks about it and they say, well, you know, hold on a second, pump the brakes. It's not that big of a deal. And then you, you kind of look at it and you take a step back and you're thinking, huh? All right. Three sessions, six sessions, however many sessions of OTAs, it, it'd be awesome. But again, you keep going back to the word voluntary. You, you see what Lamar Jackson says here. You see the, way that the Ravens want to keep him in Baltimore. You've heard what Lamar Jackson said about the organization, very glowing things. I just think you put all that together and look, maybe I'm completely wrong. <laughs> There's something brewing. And if I'm wrong, we'll, we'll talk about it, but I don't, I don't sense anything right now that could be going on. That's super crazy. I just think it's his decision not to show up and whatever that is. We don't really know it right now. John Harbaugh said, he let Lamar Jackson speak for himself. Mark Andrews, Marlon Humphrey, not worried about it at the moment. So look, I'm, I'm taking a step back here and I'm saying this guy's not falling. Lamar Jackson responding to the criticism that he has been taking. He says he's going to be there, just not on anybody's watch. So maybe he'll show up during OTAs. Maybe he won't, but Lamar Jackson making his voice heard and making his voice known about the matter. And look, I, I give him a lot of credit for doing that. You know, he didn't, he didn't have to, he could have just kind of sat there and kind of let these things form, but he decided to, to get out there, speak his mind and say what he wanted to say. So that's what Lamar Jackson's take on it is. And again, finally here, my take is the fact that voluntary, that's all I'll say. It's voluntary. It'd be great if he was there, but it's voluntary. But we're going to head into our first break here on Locked on Ravens. We still have a ton to talk about. We'll be diving into the veteran wide receiver conversation once again, talking about Will Fuller now <laughs> coming up next on Locked on Ravens. So do not go anywhere. Still a ton to talk about. First, though, I do want to tell you a bit about Bet Online, and we know now the NBA Finals is the Golden State Warriors and the Boston Celtics. A really great series, I think, is in store for us and our partners, Bet Online. Continue to be the number one source for all your betting needs and sports info. You can find the latest odds, news, and sports developments, including this year's basketball playoffs, which are now those NBA Finals. You have Major League Baseball scores, you have fights, and even next season's NFL futures, which are creeping up slowly and slowly, actually rather quickly. But BetOnline is a continued source for all your sports wagering information from live betting to playoffs, esports, and more. So go over to their website today or use a mobile device to learn more about the trends in action. BetOnline, where the game starts. We're back here. Our second segment of Locked On Ravens. Kevin Ostriker, your host, still here with you. Again, thank you for making Locked On Ravens your first listen of the day. I really do appreciate that. If you're here with us in video form 
or audio form, either one, I greatly appreciate you. In video form, be sure to subscribe to this channel, like this video again, light goal, first ever light goal on this channel, 75. For, first of all, we'll see how it works out, right? And then in audio form, be sure to follow us and turn notifications on. And also make your second listen of the day, Locked on Sports Today. Let's, let's dive into that veteran wide receiver well again. And you might be thinking, oh, not again. <laughs> but yes, again, we've done this again with Jarvis Landry, with Julio Jones. But Will Fuller is another very intriguing option. And one where you, you think you think about the talent of Jarvis Landry, like you know what he can bring to the table. You know what Julio Jones can bring to the table when he's healthy. With Will Fuller, this is a player that's, I think, a mystery box, honestly. he He's a player that is 28, just turned 28 about a month ago, month and a half ago. He's 6'1", 184 pounds, known for his speed. And again, what we've what we've said is the Ravens need two types of receivers. They, they, they don't need – Jarvis Landry was a bit redundant, right? He, he's that kind of possession receiver, move the chain type guy, slot middle of the field player. The Ravens need two types of receivers. It's either the big body guy can go up, get contested catches, or the speedster who can take the top off of a defense, stretch the field, and do all that. Now, Julio Jones is more of that big body type, not really known for a speed or anything, but Will Fuller is a take the top off of a defense player. And when he has been healthy, he, he's been really good. I mean, over the course of his career, he's played for six seasons and you can almost honestly say it's five because I don't really count as Miami season. If you're here with us on YouTube, I wasn't, I couldn't find a good picture of him in Miami jerseys. So I went back to the Houston days and found it there. That's why his Miami season, he only played in two games. He had four receptions for 26 yards, but in his Houston career, five seasons in 53 games, yeah, 53 games, he had 209 receptions, 3,110 yards and 24 touchdowns. And I mean, averaging a huge, I mean, not really yards per game that you really want to see, but he's averaging 14.9 yards per reception in Houston, which, you know, again, field stretcher type deal, catching 62.8% of his passes. He caught 71% in 2018. He caught 70% in 2020. So when he's healthy and on the field, he's a great player and maybe someone that a team would definitely have taken a flyer on by now, but that's the catch, right? When he is fully healthy, Fuller's been a player that has not played ever a 16 game season, or I guess a full season since there are 17 games now, never played a full season in his entire career. His career high in terms of games was 14. And that was his rookie year. After that, he played 10 his second season, seven his third season, 11 his fourth season, 11 his fifth season, and obviously two in his sixth season, the one in Miami. So this is a player of the Ravens based off the injury history. And this is this is for a lot of the, the market right now, right? Julio Jones, injury prone. Will Fuller, injury prone. T.Y. Hilton, injury prone. Sean Jackson, in, so Odell Beckham has been injury prone. So a lot of the players now, again, this is not March. I've said that before. You, you have to look at what you've got. And what the Ravens have are very young, talented receivers. But if, you, if they want to go out and sign a veteran, you're not DJ Chark isn't there anymore. You know, some of the top level receivers that you maybe could have gotten on bargain deals aren't necessarily there anymore. You have to look to what's available in late May or early June, like that, that time frame. there isn't going to be a lot for you. There are a couple guys who I think can make impacts. That's why we're talking about Julio Jones and Will Fuller. I think those are the two that are one, two on my list, Julio Jones, then Will Fuller. But Again, my, my whole thing behind adding a veteran wide receiver is the fact not that I don't believe in the young guys the Ravens have. I really like Rashad Bateman. I think he can have a monster season in 2022. Devin Duvernay, James Prochet, Tylen Wallace, all players 
who I like a lot. But at the same time, you have two guys out of those four. Two of them are going into their third year. Two of them are going into their second year. I think the signing of Sammy Watkins, obviously people look at that and they say, well, look, that didn't work out, right? No, right? It, it didn't work out on the field. But I think he provided a stabling presence. He helped teach these young wide receivers some things. And now that Marquise Brown and Miles Boykin are both gone, the two guys who were going into their fourth years, it was already young with them on the roster. Now you're looking at, well, who would the fifth receiver be if they keep five or the sixth receiver be if they keep five and six guys? You are looking at undrafted players, maybe another second, third year guy at this point, unless you sign a veteran who's been there. And look, I'm not saying that Will Fuller is this 32 year old grizzled veteran who's been there, right? He's only, he's only played for six years. And one of those years he missed all but two games. So there is a bit to say about, oh, well, veteran is a very loose term here. <laughs> Obviously, I, I do I do get that. But the skill set that he brings is one that the Ravens don't necessarily have a proven option on their roster. And my whole thing, again, with the veteran wide receivers has been, if there can be a contingency plan to adding a guy or having guys on the practice squad in the event, in, in the likely event that Will Fuller misses some time. I mean, we did this last week with Julio Jones and talked about the draft shark site that has the injury index. And you look at Will Fuller's body, it has the full body layout here. Left side of Will Fuller's body is all lit up in red. He has a 95% chance of injury in 2022 to miss two quarters. And again, I think most players have that. A lot of players miss two quarters in a season, but his chance of injury per game, according to draft sharks is 16.2%. He's projected to miss around 2.6 games in 2022. I honestly think that's on the low end and his durability on a five point scale is a two. So they label him here as high risk and the injury history with Julio Jones. We were talking a lot about the hamstring, right? Well, there's been a lot that Will Fuller's suffered in terms of injuries, and it's not just one part of his his body. He has hamstring pulls, knee strains, chest fractures, shoulder fractures, knee strains, ACL tears, more hamstring stuff, sports hernias, pedal foot, arm elbow sprains, the hand fracture as his finger got fractured. I mean, it's it's all over the place. So you, you have to, if, if you sign a player like Will Fuller, you have to have a contingency plan because with Sammy Watkins, what what was one of the main concerns when he was signed? It was, he's going to miss games. He's not going to play the full season. And what happened? He didn't play the full season. He got injured. He, he did contribute in the first part of the year. Second part of the year, I think the Miami game was really the point where a lot of fans were kind of done with him. And, of course, that ball where I guess he couldn't see it or he thought it was too close to the goalpost. And then he, just, he never really got his roll back fully. So with Wolf Fuller, you have to account for that. The Ravens have a lot of talented undrafted guys on their roster that maybe if they keep five receivers and Fuller is that fifth guy, they can sneak a couple good ones on their practice squad. You know, Shamar Bridges, Mekhi Polk, Devin Williams. You have a lot of really solid options. Slade Bolden, another one. I think that the Ravens could do that. If you can get 12 healthy games at a Wolf Fuller, 13 healthy games out of Wolf Fuller. If you're going off of that 2.6, you're getting around 14 healthy games out of Wolf Fuller. If you can get that and you have to play without him for three or four or five, I think that is well worth it based off of what he has shown in, well, not Miami, in, in a Texans uniform. His 2020 season was the best of his career, 53 receptions, 879 yards, eight touchdowns, averaged 16.6 yards per reception. We we know how the Ravens love to air out the ball. Lamar Jackson, a very underrated arm, a very strong arm. And 
led the league in some categories for a lot of the year, finished top five in some, top 10 in some, in terms of air yards per attempt and adjusted air yards per attempt and, and uh, yards per pass and, and whatever you want to get into. The Ravens, I think, when they can air the ball out, they are a better offense. And with Marquise Brown now out of the picture, they, I think, need to find somebody who can do that. Maybe it is Devin Duvernay. That's the guy who, on this roster right now, is the best option to take over that role. But if you can add another player like a Will Fuller, assuming he's healthy, again, assuming he's healthy, and obviously he, he did get suspended for PEDs, I believe it was, for a couple games there. So you take that into account too. I think that he's worth the risk, in my opinion. There's not really much else out there in terms of veteran receivers that have the, I guess, quote-unquote, proven track record. Although, again, he's not a 32-year-old grizzled veteran. He is a player that has had success. And I think if he can get back to that, he's a player that could benefit them. Would he be this all-pro player in this Baltimore offense? No. I mean, it does take a certain type of receiver when it come to Baltimore in the first place, so you got to kind of figure that as well. What would the role be? But you're not asking him to come as an, in, in as a number one receiver. At this point, you're not asking any of these veteran wide outs coming as a number one receiver. right? Rashad Bateman is that guy now. Unless you trade for somebody, I don't think anybody on the market, in my opinion, is, I guess, worthy. I don't know if that's the right word, but worthy of taking Rashad Bateman out of that number one spot. So Julio Jones, number two wideout. Awesome. Will Fuller, number two wideout. Great. But you got to account for the missed games. The talent is there. Take a risk on the talent. Maybe get 12, 13, 14 games in, in the best case scenario. Hope for as little missed time as you can get. But obviously, I think if they can stay on the field, Will Fuller this time in particular, it'd be a solid signing, at least just to kick the tires on and see what's up with him and if he would be a solid addition to the team and see if he'd fit both on and off the field. So in conclusion, do I think the Ravens should sign Will Fuller? I'll say a soft yes. I think that, again, Julio Jones is my number one choice, but with the, I'll say, limited options that are out there, I think Fuller is the next best choice. He fills a role, and if he can stay on the field, I think it could work out in Baltimore's favor for sure. We'll head into our final break here, though, on Lockdown Ravens. Still a ton to talk about. We'll flip over and talk about the preseason and what the Ravens could do there and just my initial thoughts so far on what the team could do, should do, etc. during the preseason. So be sure to stay tuned for that. Still a ton to talk about here on Lockdown Ravens. We're back here. Our final segment of Locked on Ravens. Kevin Ostriker, your host, still here with you. And again, thank you for making Locked on Ravens your first listen of the day here. Be sure to subscribe to us on YouTube. Follow us in audio form. Hit the like button, everything in between. And also be sure to go check out Locked on NFL after you finish listening here today. I host the Monday show again over there. So if you want to hear me talk with some of the hosts around the network, I also get a segment in and talk about Kyle Fuller and the Ravens secondary. Be sure to tune in there. Let's talk about the preseason. The preseason is a very interesting time, I would say, for the Ravens this year in particular, mostly because of what happened last year. Now, Baltimore's injury-plagued, injury-filled, riddle, whatever you want to say, that injury season started not in week one. It started far before. LJ Fort tearing his ACL, but the big one being J.K. Dobbins, who tore his ACL on the first series of the final preseason game for the Ravens against Washington. And a lot of people, myself included, did not want the Ravens to play their starters in that game. It's, it's, it's play it safe. It's make sure your guys are healthy for week one. 
And I know a lot of people said, well, of course you'd say that in hindsight. And I respond and I say, no, I said that before where I said, look, I would understand it if John Harbaugh played his guys for a series or two, but at the same time, keeping them safe, I think is the number one priority. So I I stick with that again. And I think what we saw is from the, the shift from four to three preseason games, it changed a little bit of how teams think and how teams wanted to do the preseason. Now, a lot of the three preseason game stuff has benefited a lot of people, but what we saw in the four preseason type format was in the first game, the starters would play maybe two drives, like six minutes into the first quarter, then they'd get pulled. In the second game, they'd play around a quarter or so and then get pulled. In the third game, they'd play a half and then get pulled. And then in the fourth game, they'd play nothing. They'd sit out, they'd be on the sidelines and that, you know, they'd be in, in fancy clothes or warmups or whatever, you know, they, they'd wear different types of stuff and they'd just be vibing out on the sidelines and not playing in the game. And then they would prepare for week one. And that, I think that was the right thing to do. But now with three preseason games, you're kind of thinking, all right, well, maybe they should play one quarter in the first game, then a half in the second game. I think that's accurate. I think in the first game, they should play a quarter. In the second game, they should play a half. And then in the final game, you don't play them at all. So you're just kind of chopping off the first preseason game where they play like six six minutes or something. And if you've wanted to go more conservative, you could say, well, all right, let's just take out the half. And they play six minutes in the first game, then a quarter in the second game, and then nothing in the third game. I think the key, though, is you don't play them in the third game. I wouldn't be shocked if John Harbaugh doesn't play a lot of his key players in all, all the games, though. So, like, you don't see Lamar Jackson play. You don't see any of the injured guys play. So, J.K. Dobbins, Gus Edwards, Marcus Peters, et cetera, you don't see any of those guys play. Guys who are fully healthy, like the fully healthy starters, like I would expect Marcus Marcus Williams to probably get a little bit of run, maybe, right? But again, what's the, what's the risk factor versus actually playing in the preseason? It's important to get the rust off, right? Don't get me wrong. And I think with the Ravens not holding joint practices this year in, in, in training camp, the Ravens might say, well, look, sometimes we would have the joint practices and that would have been the opportunity for these guys to go up against other other teams, other opponents, guys that aren't their own teammates. And it gives them that little break from going up against their own guys. Now that they don't have that, it might be a situation this year where the Ravens could say, well, maybe we're going to play him for a series more, but I think that they will take the cautious approach. Again, I we're, we're so far out from the preseason at this point, it's August. We're right at the beginning of June, end of May here. So there are a couple of months still to figure it all out, right. And figure out, Oh, well, the, will the Ravens play, this guy for this many snaps or this guy for this many snaps. But we did see, you know, John Harbaugh was planning to play him for a series and just kind of get him ready for the regular season. And then J.K. Dobbins, that that drive, that drive that they had was literally going so, so well. And then Dobbins tears his ACL. You can you can feel the the air go out of the Ravens side of the field. I mean, literally just de- depleted, deflated. John Harbaugh sitting on the sideline with his head in his hands. I mean, you you could tell the energy shift was there, and it didn't look good. It wasn't like, a, oh, maybe he's okay. It was – you kind of knew what it was, and you were hoping and you were praying that it wasn't what it was. But one single play and, – and this just – look, injuries happen any time in football. This is something we talked about when the Dobbins injury happened last offseason. Injuries happen they, – they have the potential to happen every single play practice, preseason, regular season, playoffs, super, I mean, literally any setting that there is contact, even non-contact, right? We see non-contact injuries all the time throughout all of sports. It doesn't even have to be a contact thing. 
Players can go down at any given time. Injuries happen in the NFL. No team at the end of the 2022 season will come out fully 100% healthy, even if there are no guys on IR. Guys are banged up. Guys get injured with the like the flukiest type injuries ever. So J.K. Dobbins going down, it, it was just a continuation already of Rashad Bateman going down and Jimmy Smith not being there and Kevin Zeitler missing a ton of time and and obviously LJ Fort tearing his ACL and Ben Cleveland misses some time. And it was just continuation after continuation of injury after injury after injury. And you were just like, when does it stop? But it started in the preseason. I'm not going to blame one game. I'm not going to blame one decision by John Harbaugh, right? This is something that he couldn't ever predicted, right? I think this time he and the organization will do things differently. Mark, the, the whole reason I'm talking about this, honestly, is because Mark Andrews during his press conference during OTAs, he was asked about just things that are different. And he said the team is taking a, a different approach a little bit with more stretches and just the daily routines and everything. And it got me thinking about, well, what would the preseason look like? If, if we're talking about routines and this organization has been so adamant about, yeah, well, we're going to, we're going to do everything we can and we're going to change this. And we're going to look into that and figure out what the best practices are. I think we could see a shift in the way that the Ravens do the preseason because some, some teams don't play their starters at all no snaps in the preseason and with three games it's made that easier to do where you just say all right look we're getting the reps in these guys are professionals at the end of the day um it's much like with Lamar Jackson and OTAs I don't think a half of missed preseason snaps is going to determine whether the Ravens win or lose a Super Bowl or make or miss the playoffs I don't it's not that serious to me like it's great to knock the rust off I think if there was no risk of injury it'd be awesome to have them play in those games but guess what there's a risk of injury and when you play football, there is a high risk of injury on a lot of different types of plays, whether it's contact, non-contact, you know, you make a cut wrong, your cleat gets caught in the turf. A lot of different things can happen. A hit can go wrong. And that's just some of it. That's not even the majority. So I think for Baltimore, we could see a shift in the way the preseason works for them. I'm very interested to see in this conversation was more just to get people thinking. And again, if, if you're here on YouTube with us, you want to comment down below or in the premier comments or on the side what you feel like the Ravens should do or could do during the preseason. I'm interested to know what, what your thoughts are and whether they should play at all, play a game, play a half or whatnot, but a very interesting topic of conversation. I think that we'll dive into more as the off season progresses, but that's all we have here today on lockdown Ravens. Thank you so much for listening and tuning in. Let me get back in tomorrow. It's more Ravens talk from us, of course. So be sure to stay tuned for that and I will see you tomorrow.